G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Well, I wonder if you take much time to think about that symbol that you maybe have hanging around your neck or that symbol that when you drive past that church on the corner or that cathedral in your city uh, where you see this symbol of the cross and perhaps the best marketing tool ever. And what does it represent? We're going to talk about the cross today. It's nice talking about the cross in the lead up to Easter, but you know what? We can talk about the cross any day of the year because it is the central theme. It is the central focus of all Christianity. And we can read about it in the Gospels in the Bible. We can hear commentary of it when we look through those New Testament books. But let's welcome a guest today to talk about insights into the cross. And I always love talking to those who've got a few years on us. And David Richards is joining us, about to turn 80 this year, converted in the Brethren Assemblies back in 1950, spent many years serving in a Pentecostal church, the Apostolic Churches Australia, and then for 17 years was pastor of the Seniors Ministry at the Hillsong Church in Sydney. An outstanding Bible teacher and joining us today to talk about the cross, David Richards, welcome along to 2020. Oh, thank you very much, Neil. It's very kind of you to have me on your program. Thank you. Well, David, you're about to turn 80, and having been a passionate, enthusiastic minister of the gospel for so many years, I just love the insights of people whose passion the cross has been. How important for you has the cross been as you've progressed through these ministry years? Well, you know, I... uh went to Sunday school when I was a child and I learned all of the Bible stories, particularly the story of uh, Easter time and the cross. And But uh, I was converted at the age of 14 in the Brethren. And uh, But as I, I grew a little older and matured, I, I began to realize that there were important things in the scripture which sort of stood out above some of the others. And and it uh, it quickly became evident to me that the uh, the cross of Jesus Christ is just the standout uh, as far as the Christian belief is concerned, and um, it quickly became the centrality of uh, of my preaching. With because all of the issues that we read about in Scripture, whether they're prophetic issues or the future or the past, or they all hang on the cross for their validity. And um, so it's it's really the essential element of the Christian belief. It's the biggest symbol, isn't it, of the triumph and the salvation of Christianity, uh, those who put their faith in Christ. Of course, it didn't start as a symbol of triumph. It started out being a symbol of real suffering. Well, it certainly was. And um, 
you know, uh, that, there's that uh, old hymn that we often sing um, about the rugged cross. I, I love the rugged cross. But uh, in all reality, uh, the, the rugged cross was a, was an, uh, an instrument of torture and uh, of, of a terrible death for Jesus. And um, I look upon it as uh, a symbol of, of God's love and grace that he, he was willing for his son to, to go to such a place that is exemplified by a cross, you know, an instrument of torture, to uh, to bring across a message to us of God's everlasting grace for us, demonstrated in Jesus Christ so long ago. When we talk about a symbol of love and grace, it's interesting, David, because the cross is also a symbol of persecution, of abandonment. It's a symbol of torture and it's a symbol of suffering. It's a very different way to think of it when you discuss the idea of a symbol of God's love and of God's grace towards mankind. And I suspect that for a lot of people, even people who've been Christians for a long time, just uh, marrying the two understandings together is sometimes difficult. Well, it it, it requires a bit of thoughtful uh, concentration because um, the awfulness of the cross and the experience through which Jesus passed um, it, it was it was terrible but for me it, it just demonstrates the fact that God loves me so much that he was prepared to go to those lengths that I might have um, uh, a fresh and a new relationship with him that otherwise other than the cross I, I would never be able to have and, and neither would anybody else And, of course, the fact that God isn't distant, that there are people in the world today who suffer and that God knows their pain. Of course, of course. And, uh, and, uh, you know, the the sufferings that we pass through uh, in lifetime, they can be very great and and very terrible and very overcoming. But there's a great um, sort of comfort, Neil, in knowing that God's, plan for the cross was that eventually we would be reconciled to him and not only for this life but for for eternal life as well as as john stated in 316 the verse we know so well you know that uh, god did all of that that jesus went to the cross that we might have eternal life and um, we have to not only dwell on the the difficulties of it all but also the 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 wonderful possibilities that it, it now introduces to us David, what about the cross as a symbol? And you're talking about Christ who bore our sins on the cross. Uh, The wonderful truths of John 3.16. When we talk about the cross and about sins, uh, when we think of the cross today, the message of the cross doesn't have to do with uh, the sins of humanity and the answer to those sins. Well, it certainly does, and um, that was the purpose of the cross. That was the whole purpose of it. it as uh, Paul, when he wrote to the uh, Church of Colossae, he said that it was for the blotting out of the handwriting of all of the ordinances that was against us, contrary to us, and took them out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And uh, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. All the uh, heavenly powers that were against God, he triumphed over them in the cross and uh, it's it's not only a symbol of the suffering of jesus but it's also a symbol of the triumph of the grace of god over the over the sin question how much do we rely on the old testament david and i'm talking about you know perhaps uh, as i'm thinking the book of isaiah and uh, isaiah 53 uh, for understanding this powerful meaning that we 
have when we look at an image of the cross today of where we actually get the imagery of what has happened, what is, what is the depth of the meaning of the cross in our understanding of the cross today? Well, of course, the, the Old Testament is extremely valuable to us because, you know, it's the Word of God for a start. But also, um, as we read through the book of Isaiah, particularly the 53rd chapter, we realize that uh, God spoke through the prophet and gave him a revelation of the, the fact of our sin and, and the necessity uh, of God providing a sacrifice for our sin and that somehow God was going to see um, the what happened on the cross and he was going to be satisfied that it was a resolution of our sin problem. And we read uh, the purpose of the cross, the necessity of the cross, right through the Old Testament. It, it stands out time and time again in the, the uh, adventures of the children of Israel when they were captive in Egypt. It was the, the final blow for getting them out was the... Uh, the death angel going over the angel of destruction but God said when I see the blood I'll pass over you and uh, that set the pattern in fact the set the pattern was actually set way back in the Garden of Eden when Abel brought a sacrifice that was satisfactory to God rather than Cain's sacrifice and it was Abel's sacrifice was deemed to be acceptable to God because it involved the shedding of blood and there was the pattern established way back in Genesis. So we see that uh, what eventuated at the cross of Jesus, as we see in the New Testament Gospels, is uh, not only for us in the future to atone for our sins, but also uh, capturing all the problems of the past that led up to the cross as well. Interesting when you talk about the blood being shed, because those imageries that you're bringing from Cain and Abel and then the the Passover, Mm -hmm. because when we talk about the symbol of the cross, actually what we're talking about is what the cross was used for as an, an altar before God. That's where the blood was shed, and it's the blood really that's the important thing in this whole story. Well, you're you're so right, Neil. That's absolutely correct. And uh, it's what we need to remember constantly as Christians that, um, you know, the Scripture tells us in Leviticus, I think it is, that that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And God said, I've given you the ability to uh, slay animals, put them on the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it's the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. And, uh, you know, the Scripture also says that the soul that sinneth it shall die. And God warned Adam in the garden, and the day that you eat thereof, you will die. And, and death was a sentence passed on us all. And it was only through the shedding of our blood that we would make atonement and pay the price for our sin. And of course, therein we see the, the wonder of the cross in that Jesus was uh, willing to shed his blood. Uh, he who had no sin was prepared to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. So it's, it's, it's quite a miraculous thing and far beyond our capacity and understanding to, to fully take in, um, even though we might look at it for a lifetime. But the, the wonder of it all is that through the shedding of the blood of Jesus upon the cross, it's possible now for us to have life eternal and be reconciled with God. I think it's absolutely marvellous now. I really do. Pastor David Richards, our guest, we're talking about the cross the most enduring symbol of Christianity, the triumph and the salvation. 
It started as a symbol of suffering but has become for us a symbol of triumph because that's the place that the blood of Jesus Christ was shed. David Richards, turning 80 this year. Uh, He's our guest. We'll continue talking more insights into the cross in just a short while. Well, we're back talking about the cross. It's a topic we can talk about any day of the year. But in the lead up to Easter, it does become more significant because people are open to seeing what is so much a message of Christianity that comes through this symbol of the cross. Pastor David Richards is our guest, an outstanding Bible teacher. For 17 years, he pastored and led the seniors ministry at Hillsong Church in Sydney. He's our guest today. David, as we talk about the cross, let me ask you about... We talked last segment about the blood being shed on the cross. How does that then relate to a person receiving salvation? What is this issue of believing and the blood and the cross? How do you put all those together? Well, the, the, the the, the, the gospel message, which is the responsibility of the Christian church, it's our prime responsibility. We've, we've got lots of other... Uh, jobs and duties that we have to do, helping people and being loving and kind to people. But our prime task is to preach the gospel, because by doing that, we are promoting what God has done to make it possible for men and women, boys and girls, to be reconciled to God, uh, something which could not happen in any other way. And, and of course, the, the gospel message in its simplicity is... Uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal saviour and confess your sin to God and uh, as Romans 10 and 9 says that we shall be saved but when we begin to look at it uh, and and delve into it we see that there's a an untold wealth of, of uh, God's mercy and grace and and underlining it all is it's all written in the blood of Jesus it was necessary for the blood to be shed there was no other way that we could be reconciled back to God and uh, so that when we think cross and Easter and salvation, immediately our thoughts go to the fact, well, it was all because of the shedding of the blood. Because if Jesus had died and not shed his blood, there would have been no redemption. But because of the manner in which he died and uh, thrusting of the spear into his side to ensure that there was a flow of the blood, um, we, have, we have salvation and a message that we can preach to the world. It's funny, isn't it? Because I guess as Australians, we come with a Western way of thinking about things. To really understand the message of the cross, you really have to have some sort of insights into the Eastern way of thinking, this Eastern mindset, because we're reading about the cross. We're talking about the Israelites. We're talking about the Jewish people, uh, their historical uh, way that God has set apart a for himself a nation and uh, brought about redemption and then redemption that could go beyond a nation to the whole world. Uh, understanding this Eastern mindset, very important when we discuss the meaning of the cross. Yes, absolutely. You're so right, Neil, because when God called that man Abram and uh, called him out to go and uh, leave his home, pack up and take his family and go to a place that God had prepared for him, and the scripture tells us that he moved out in faith, and, uh, he didn't know where he was going. But in all of that, God was preparing for himself a people for his own name. And uh, out of that nation was to 
be the, the, the birthplace where Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, would be born of a virgin. So, you know, the, the very existence of Israel as a nation is so important. And uh, not only in the past, because, you know, the Scripture says that of Jesus that um, in John's Gospel, he came unto his own, which was the nation of Israel. Uh, they, they were the ones to whom he primarily came because he came to them, as the Scripture so clearly tells us, to fulfill Old Testament prophecy that, uh, that, that he would come, and he did come. And uh, he fulfilled all of the requirements of prophetic Scripture, and yet, unfortunately, the nation of Israel failed to see him as their Messiah and failed to recognize the thing that we have been talking about was that it was the blood of the Messiah that had to be shed was necessary for the salvation of Israel just as much as everybody else and that was the thing that they couldn't countenance and even to the rejection of him and the uh, the cry of the crowd saying away with him away with him we will not have this man to reign over us but in the rejection by the nation of Israel we see two things one is the fact that because of that the gospel was opened up to the Gentiles and it's a gospel which has far greater reaches than even the message that Jesus brought to the nation of Israel in the first place and also we we know too that by the grace of God God will eventually and we see this happening in the world today with Israel where it is and the fact that since 1948 it's been a nation again back in its homeland that God is moving to begin to deal with Israel again. And uh, so we can see prophetic events moving on to the climax that was made possible by the shedding of the blood of Jesus upon the cross, both for the nation of Israel and for the rest of the world. Interesting when you bring those things up, because the first covenant was with the nation of Israel. The Correct. second covenant is with the nation of Israel. Uh, I heard recently from a friend, God didn't make a covenant with the Gentiles at all. We're recipients of this extra blessing, this opportunity that goes beyond the nation of Israel into the whole world. I believe uh, that's so. I for all who so. believe on Jesus. Yes, I believe that's so, Neil. I believe that's so. Because the uh, the ones who were the recipients of the first covenant and, and, uh, and failed to live up to it, um, were the ones who received the new covenant. And uh, God said, I I'll, I'll, won't write my laws on stone, tablets of stone, I'll write it on your hearts. But uh, until you're ready to receive that, I'm going to do something else. And uh, with that, he uh, laid his hand on the Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, of course, the Apostle Paul, and uh, through him brought a wonderful revelation of what he was going to do for people who were just believe on Jesus without ever having seen him, I've heard of him, I've never read his books, I've not spoken to him on the phone, he hasn't got a TV program, and yet by simple faith in what we read in the Word of God, God's made it possible for me to become part of the Christian church, which is called the body of Christ with a particular eternal purpose that God has for it. David, believing is very much a passive thing. It's not a work in itself. Uh, when we talk about the connection of the believer to the blood and to the cross, uh, we are talking about believing. How do you think that the believing mechanism in the individual actually uh, cuts through and and actually uh, achieves that mercy and that salvation that comes from God? Well, it, it's a bit of a mystery, actually, um, 
because the scripture tells us that man looks on the outward appearance as to what our decisions are and uh, man you know our neighbor looks at us as to how we act in in life and they make their decisions about what sort of person we are but uh, the scripture tells us that the lord looks on the heart and god has the ability to know what the feelings and the convictions of our inner feelings are um, that other people don't always know and understand and God has an ability uh, to sense when we come to him and say Lord uh, I've, I've got a problem I, I can see from your word and I'm persuaded by the Holy Spirit that uh, I have a sin problem but, but I know from your word that you can resolve the situation if I accept the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me and shed his blood for me and uh, even though that might be a silent prayer the Holy Spirit uh, the, who searches the hearts has uh, has the ability to understand uh, what the feelings of our inner man are and uh, the, the soul's decision to say to God well Lord please forgive me and uh, God has the ability to take that belief and to establish something concrete upon it and David, over the years, having been a minister of the gospel for so many decades, you've seen the work of the cross in people's lives where people who have given that belief to God, they've put their faith in Jesus Christ. You've seen lives touched and changed and oftentimes dramatically transformed. Absolutely. Absolutely, Neil. And um, it's the most transformative power available in the world today there are all sorts of programs that people can undertake for all sorts of conditions but there is absolutely nothing that comes within light years of the ability of God to change and transform the life and the circumstance of the individual simply by putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ it's it's, it's miraculous and as I said before it's a mystery we can't fully understand it but we believe it and uh, God said it that I believe it, and that settled it. <laughs> Pastor David Richards, turning 80 this year, and some reflections today on the cross in the lead-up to Easter. David Richards, just a pleasure making contact, and thanks so much for your insights today on 2020. Thank you very much for having me, Neil. God bless you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.